Jim claims to be a deeply religious man, maintaining that his religion is primarily whiskey and women. I saw the connection between the two. Most of his relationships were on the rocks. Welcome to Shelf Importance, the comedy book club podcast that blends sensibility with vulgarity. We're back with season two from our summer hiatus. We're going to kick off the first two episodes with Hollow Kingdom by Kira Jane Buxton. This is about, well, we'll let Blake tell you what it's about. For now, grab a stiff drink and enjoy the ride. This is from what should have been the back of the book. Take a journey with two unlikely friends across an adorable, magical world in Hollow Kingdom, the latest book from Daily Wire Publishing Group. Join the brilliant and handsome Raven, Ben Shapiro, <laughs> and his lovable <laughs> and his lovable but dim-witted donkey friend Brandon. As they face an <laughs> as they face an evil coven of witches bent on redistributing the wealth of the entire forest, this squad wink of hags has been weaving their lies to the forest denizens and have convinced the creatures of the forest that systemic speciesism and cormorant greed are to blame for their problems. <laughs> uh, put it, put an asterisk it next feels, to cormorant, cormorant like greed because I want to talk about it. <laughs> it feels like you're getting a little political. Is this getting political? No, no go ahead. It's, an, it's an allegory. <laughs> <clears throat> Fortunately, Ben Shapiro is here to squawk at the little creatures incessantly until they see the truth. But now, in the darkest depths of the forest, deep inside the hollow tree, trouble is brewing. A fox kit has disappeared, and a dark ritual to harvest the fear of the child takes place in the roots below the tree. What's worse, Ben Shapiro is shocked to find out that his friend Brandon might be involved. <laughs> I love the donkey named Brandon. <laughs> well, let's let's let everyone know who we are. <gasps> That's a good idea, Mofo. Y'all yep. know the rules. Following the rules. Let's go. Hey, everybody! I'm Blackbird. So perfect. I'm Dingleberry. She no cherry. It's <laughs> <That's> really good. <laughs> You know, I hadn't said it out loud yet, and I had—I didn't acknowledge it would rhyme so well. Hello, I'm Dingleberry Shino Cherry. Hey, I'm. Oh, hold on. No, uh, I was something else. Were... Hold on. Hold on. Oh, I think, yeah, you should have we went after needed... Black. You were. Yeah. yeah well, hold up. We it went... changed. That's there what we... threw me off. There we go. Okay. Yo, this is College Kent. And hey, should I go again? It's your flimmin' yep. It's your flimmin' yep. Well, you're next, Dingle. Dingleberry, Shino Cherry. Hey, everybody. Coming to you with a disembodied voice from the ethereal plane, I am Mofo Yukon. Mofo Yukon. <laughs> <I know. laughs> nice. 
If we all would have been smart like UConn, we would have been Mofo <laughs> UConn, Mofo Black, Mofo Bob, and Mofo Kim. Absolutely, fuck Next that week. up. That was that's a lost opportunity because yep. we are all mofos. Not even honorary yep. mofos, like like shit turd, real mofos. Yeah. Ready? All right. Chapter one. We are entered yeah. to the titular <laughs> character, shit turd. <laughs> Shit I don't think it's the titular character unless the book is titled oh. Shit Turd. It has to be called Shit Turd, right? The titular <laughs> character would then be Hollow Kingdom. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I hate to be pedantic. That's... I don't. I love no, you it. don't. You fucking love <laughs> to be pedantic. <laughs> Shit Turd, or ST short, is the pet crow of Big Jim, a mofo of the Hollow Kingdom. So mofos are humans. And the Hollow Kingdom is, I think, people, right? And the shocking yep. part of Chapter 1 is that his owner, Big Jim's eyeball, falls out. Bloop. Well, that's pretty much the first thing that we hear about Big Jim. And then he, and then he responds by going, what the oh, fuck. fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what the fuck. No. Yeah. Well, first he's like, the weed is oh, legal, and he's like... Fuck yeah! And then his eye pops out. He's like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" <clears throat> um, yeah, super weird. Um, I at first thought Big Jim was another lawn gnome, and I thought that this was just a crow talking about like. People. Yeah, I thought it was maybe scarecrow. Yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of thought that was going to be the case too, but nope. What do you mean another lawn gnome? Is there a well, lawn gnome in the story that I missed? There's a lawn gnome that they mention. Yeah. Okay. Like, All right. Very shortly. But now I know that that shit turd knows what a lawn gnome is because he's an educated, yeah, very crow. educated. I, and he can he can lift heavy things too, man. I read it absolutely zero yeah. about this book, so this plot was uh, completely out of the blue for me. I had no idea what we were getting into. It's it is a just a nonstop yes. left turn. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it is wild. It's fun. Yeah. It is fun. It is so wild. It's like, Ms. Buxton, you are out of pocket with this shit. <laughs> Big time. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, 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 super wild. Uh, science time with Rich, real quick. Yep. Can a crow learn to speak? I don't know. I'm just not gonna, wanna, not gonna kill the book for me. I'm gonna inject and say yes, they can. I, I think oh, you already know that. Can. I think it's like so. There's ravens and crows, and I think a certain one can. Um, I know that all the crows have been raving <laughs> about me. <laughs> yeah, uh, my dogs so. like that too. He entered something yeah. late in the in this week's reading about being able to count to nine but no higher. So I assume that that means that crows can also have had so, the concept of numbers. Birdsadvice.com <laughs> sponsor of today's podcast <laughs> says yep. yes, crows can talk in the same way as parrots do, using their syrinx to mimic words and sounds they hear and repeat them. Cervix. I don't know. No, it's Syrinx. S-Y-R-I-N-X. Cervix. Yeah. Cervix. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the throat. They have their cervix in their throat. 
Yeah, yeah. where it should be. Another question for science time with Rich. Rich, we, you guys are making me earn my living. We today. know that it's impossible for chimpanzees and monkeys to talk. If we transplanted the ability of the crow to a monkey, would they be able to talk finally? However you define transplant the ability. Yeah. Sure. What the, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure fair, where that organ is. Average. Hey, why can't monkeys, why can't monkeys talk? Is it it's a physiological issue? Yeah, so it's the next thing, right? I would think. So if we gave a monkey a human larynx, could they speak? Well, there's so, so you've got you, you'd have to hook up the nerves to it and all that stuff and if okay I, if you put if you put a human larynx inside of a monkey's butthole <laughs> could it could it fart speak um, it fart words so, so you've got so you've got the vocal hardware but then like the brain hardware I think is a separate it yeah. is a separate question because like. Your, the areas that deal with speech recognition in the human brain and speech production are highly, highly, incredibly, highly specialized areas of the brain. Yep. And uh, this I is... would assume that they use quite a lot of processing power to simplify it into computer terms. Yeah. So I don't, so, know, I don't know what sort of capacity. So this is science.org. Okay. So, so this, is, be, this is a legit site. That sounds like a I lefty site. No, it's no, no. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to add some value. I don't know, so when I don't know, I have to go see what. Anyway, science.org, legit site. Uh, monkeys and apes lack the neural control. So Black was, yeah. So they have the, they lack the neural control over their vocal tract muscles to properly configure them for speech. So it's okay. Not a, so if you kept a human alive but cut the top of their head off. And had a monkey like Michael pressing, Shannon pressing on parts of the brains. Could they make us produce speech? Oh, that'd for be awesome. Them? That'd be pretty tight, wouldn't that? I want a drawing of that. So you hear us out there now, shimpies. If you can draw that, please make it happen. Maybe, we'll pay you maybe for if it. Mother Eve or, or Roxy shocked the monkeys in the right spot, the monkeys could talk. Ooh, oh, man, nice, nice said, callback. You said no, Summer's Mother Eve. <laughs> Summer's Eve is top of mind for you from reading this book. It is. Summer's Eve makes Man. me feel fine. Makes me feel fine. <laughs> so, is that the real <laughs> lyrics to that song? <coughs> no, it's Summer Breeze, man. It's Summer Breeze. <laughs> no, it's not Summer's Eve makes me feel fine. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> when, that, when, I hear, when I hear that song, that's where my mind goes. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Well, if you want, we can oh. move into chapter two. This was one of my favorite chapters Roll because it. it stars Winnie the Poodle and her, her house spark pup. Uh, so this is just talking about how good of a girl Winnie the Poodle is and how her owner went into the bathroom and didn't come out. So apparently suffering a similar affliction as Big Jim. Something's wrong with the humans and... Uh, Winnie the Poodle lets Spark Pug run out into the wild, but she decides to stay home, be a good girl, and die. 
Do you guys feel like Kira Jane Buxton just had a fucking 40 item list of good names for dogs and stuff? I mean, and, just the best just name like, for dogs and stuff. Like, oh, I gotta write a fucking book because I've got Spark Pug and Winnie the Poodle on this list. And like, how else am I? I can't adopt this many dogs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's she's an author successfully because uh, she's fucking incredibly witty. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, the shit she the shit that comes out of her uh, hand, I guess I was gonna say mouth, but I don't know, brain is just fucking mind blowingly witty. Yeah, <laughs> clever pouring from the pen is what's happening. Um, so this this chapter, wait, Winnie died. I didn't. How well, did I miss she just that? lays down Winnie. in her house, saying that she's not gonna go out and hunt anymore. She's just gonna be a good girl. Gotcha. She has she has nothing gotcha. but weight. So I'm going to tell you, at this point, I already decided, at this point in the book, I had already decided or realized that uh, I'm super desensitized to humans dying in books and to take this approach where you're personifying animals that I love <laughs> and I'm worried about them dying because of a zombie apocalypse completely refreshes the genre <laughs> for me. And it, it, I like... It is a little funny, but it's also like totally serious. The zombie genre is like after The Walking Dead, which was perfect through and through. Uh, and I'm talking about the the comic, uh, mm-hmm. which was perfect through and through. I'm like, I don't think. I, I was I was actually thinking this not too long ago at all. I'm like, I don't think anyone can even approach the zombie genre, and expect to be successful for decades after the perfection of The Walking Dead, right? And then, like, this comes along, and I'm like, well, yeah. goddamn. <laughs> you, done, you, done, you done fucking did it. You done You're did. making me cry about cry about dogs <laughs> that are left behind in the zombie apocalypse. Nobody talks yeah. about that. So, yeah. And I'm constantly worried that one of these dogs is going to die. Well, well, yeah. Let's hope it's Brandon. Let's hope it's Brandon. <laughs> I, I know, I'm team Brandon. I'm like, I'm like, let's go Brandon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Every day. Yeah, right. Every day I'm let's go Brandon. That's oh. right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so chapter three is a little bit longer. Um, Mofo, uh, let's see, not Mofo. Uh, ST figures out that, well, Big Jim must be sick, so he's got to go get some medicine. So he's making a trek to Walgreens. He stops at, stops at a church that a school bus crashed in, finds a mutilated moose, I think, and then yeah. makes his way to Walgreens, gets all the medicine that he can, and then he sees their next-door neighbor. Uh, I don't remember her name, but she's she's got her dog Trisket with her, and she's eating Trisket. So he's like, I gotta run home and save Dennis, Big Jim's dog, from being eaten by Dennis. Yep. So the author is is on occasion she's lashing out very cleverly at things that she hates, whether it be locations or, in this case, triscuits. And what I'm gathering here is that she's saying triscuits are fucking gross. <laughs> eating triscuits is she's basically saying eating triscuits is disgusting. <laughs> it's An gross abomination to eat, against to nature eat, to eat triscuits. Right. He's right about that. Yeah, no, she's Trisk- right. Good. Oh, Triscuits no. are ass. Red. They're like, they're like if you took okay, you if you eat if you get a bowl of cereal, like I'm gonna have a bowl of cereal. You're not going like, 
mini meats, right? Well, that sucks, right? Like, oh, God, I ate these fucking mini meats. Now, imagine you have to do that because it's all you have, but you're out of milk, right? And then you're like, oh, man, I'm out of milk. All I have is these mini meats, but I, now that I'm here, I also want them to be even shittier. Salty. That's where Tristan's <laughs> I'm going to go back right now. Yeah. Boom. I like the big shredded wheats. Oh, you're, why? <laughs> you, see, you don't even talk about shredded mini wheats. You're the talking big, about yeah, shredded wheat. Fucking where hay bales. You buy, you, buy, you buy a box of these fuckers and they come individually two yeah. wrapped in a bag. And you go, I'm going to eat that. Yeah. Plunk. <laughs> That's my, that's my breakfast for today. I'm gonna eat two big ass pieces of cereal. <laughs> my mom used to eat that shit. I could. Oh my god! Yeah, what do you I have? Can... Just you kind of you just have like one giant spoon you use for each one. I think you I think you dunk a, you you finger them and dunk them. I think is how it works. That's right. Yeah. Is that how it works, Yukon? They're for shredded files. Okay. You cover it half with milk. No, you don't. And then you do what with it? You wait for it to liquefy? You go to the barn and get a hatchet. Chop up your shredded, chop up your wheat. Do you put anything like, do you sweeten it or anything? Yeah, I put sugar on it. Okay, that's a little better. Well, you don't you don't get the ones that are half sugared already, dude. I love the fries. first. See, the first thing that Yukon first thing that Yukon does is he wakes up when the crow calls outside or the rooster calls outside, and he goes out and he gathers himself a shredded wheat biscuit because he's from the little house on the fucking prairie. <laughs> Do they even sell that shit anymore? Do you buy that on purpose? I, they make it from the stems, right? There's no way they make it from the seeds. Part it's funny, of wheat. I. I've seen old commercials for it. Like my parents used to tape shows for me as a kid and all those old commercials get recorded too. And there were, there were these commercials for shredded wheat that you like put it in the microwave. Like you heat it up. I never did that. Oh, that's that's a line. There's no way. There's no way you still get that. I feel like the only way you could get, a full-sized shredded wheat biscuit is on like the snap program. <laughs> like, you just buy regular groceries with snap. Pretty sure. Like it's, like it's got to you know be restricted for yeah. government use. You know what you should do with the shredded wheat? You get one of those big like turkey baster injector kind yeah. of situations, and you, and you fill it up with strawberry Ooh. preserves. And then you stick that into the inside of the hay bale and, and make a little, like, crunchy donut out of it. Cannoli. Cannoli. So you just want to eat, I... like, you just want to eat stale Fig Newtons as breakfast cereal. <laughs> yeah. is what you're talking about. You leave a Fig Newton out for a week and then it gets all dried out. Boom, you have shredded yeah. wheat. So, uh, to the moose, do you guys think that these zombified people are eating mooses? It's a Mises. Mises. Well, I mean, the old lady was eating Triscuit. So, so probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they are for sure. Uh, but, you know, I, but what, what triggers it, though? I think the moose got hit by the bus first. Because, uh, because if that were not the yeah. case, there would be many, many, many human body parts around the corpse of the moose before they finally managed to Agreed. bring it down. Agreed. Yeah, I, can, I, can, I can get behind that. 
Um, see, the, yeah, there's still a lot that that we can uncover about um, Kira, author Kira's choice of zombie lore, right? Like yeah. already, she has run, she has running zombies, which is like that's a divisive line on who likes zombie stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, do you like fast zombies or do you not? I could go either way. It just depends on how and, how the and treatment goes. They're, you know? they're sound activated, which is a um... Why can I not think of the fucking Dawn of the Dead? No, it, it was more recent. It's it's, uh, it's the, the, the one movie had him from the office. No, the movie had Brad Pitt in it. Oh, World, which World the War movie Z. was World nothing like the book. World War yes, World War Z. That's what it because they had that that those were sound activated zombies. I don't know if that's a thing, but. Well, pretty much all zombies are. are that's, they? that's that's pretty typical. Well, yeah, oh, because okay. they're because they're purely like instinct. So I, um, they just sit up when they're not actively hunting. The idea is like when they're not actively trying to eat, kill, and eat something, they just sit and stare okay, at a wall so, or like just slowly decay. So if they hear something like "Oh shit, something's happening. Something I can eat must be." See, I need this. Yeah. Oh. Science, Rich. I need the science that our ears are one of the last things to decay. Because these zombies are decaying pretty fast. Their fucking eyeballs are falling hearing out. Stuff, and that means that all those little gears in your ear are still working. I don't know. That's an interesting, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting question about decay. Because like they, they tell you if you have like a loved one that's in hospice, they'll. Um, I presume it's a lie, but they'll always tell you like, oh, they're Hearing is the last thing to go, so like, make sure you tell them all your dark secrets, and then they wake you know, up. They like tell that. the cops your dark dark secret. Yeah, uh, but they always tell you to like that, you know, to tell your loved ones that you loved him. Even you know, like, like I remember my grandpa being in the hospital and or being in hospice, and like he was unconscious for like days, and they were like, "No, you definitely still want to like talk to him." Um. So like there's there's that but right, it's that's very a very separate there's a very separate question from whether your like eardrum membranes decay along with the rest of your flesh. Um, per what I just quick Google searched, yes, it's the last thing to go factually, and it even seems to function post death for a while. Oh, that's which I, I really I, is just, I mean because it really is just a thing that receives and reverberates sound, so it makes sense, right? Well, and if yeah, and so I, I did. I did read somewhere that, like during the French Revolution or something like that, when they were cutting fucking everybody's heads off, what this one guy's apprentice or assistant, where he got his head cut off, and the assistant hollered his name, and he's like was trying to look around like for like a few seconds. So yeah, which I mean, when you cut your head off, there's you're not severing anything between the ears and the brain. It's all contained, but yeah. uh, you guys ever spend time thinking about how fucking miserable it would be to be decapitated. It's definitely like there for, yeah, it's, it's not one and done. Yeah. It's not at one least and done. a couple of heartbeats worth of time where you're like, I can't feel my body. Cause it's not there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be of all the things that we've come across, it would be better than uh, being blood eagle. <laughs> better is like um, it would be less painful for sure, I would assume. But it's like it, it would be substituting like 
all-consuming pain that you would get with a blood eagle kind of situation for the like deep weirdness of being disembodied right of like being conscious and only ahead that'd be pretty strange yeah. huh? that'd be pretty fucking weird and like it, i'm sure it would hurt but like i, I don't think know weirdness man. would be the overriding thing I, I just mean, think to, the, just think of all the horrible things someone could do to you, like in like five seconds after your head, like after within five seconds of you being decapitated. Like, what if they decapitate, picked you up, and just like punched you in the face until you died? Stuck like, their, what you stuck think their of that? dick in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. They just like tickle your nose hairs. You know, <laughs> what do you think about it? You know, they just like hold your face until like a cat's ass. You know, like here you go. <laughs> What are you doing about it? You know. Oh man. <laughs> to be to be clear, I would rather be decapitated than blood eagle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just saying, it would be weird. It would on be on weird. that note, we can go to the next chapter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one's about Genghis Cat. Good chapter. Yeah. Genghis. Uh, old, old Genghis has fucking cats has decided to. Genghis. Genghis. Well, she she tried to stick around. Um, for her owners, uh, or his owners, but um, they weren't really being nice anymore, and one tried to eat him. So he went out on his own. He now has hundreds of kitten babies. He has a whole collection of socks. The world is his, and he's living the high life. I like the socks. The author knows cats. Yeah. So I'm yeah. Say. I mean, totally knows cats. The way this cat is written... Yeah. Is so. Do you do you think she hates? Do you think? Well, I was gonna say, do you think she hates dogs? Because she doesn't personify a dog, but she does with. I just realized oh, she, that's what Winnie the Poodle. Yeah. yeah so I'll, t- okay. I'll tell you what. I, yeah, I think she hates people. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. I wonder, <laughs> if we're being honest. I wonder why she hasn't personified Dennis though. He's too dumb. He's too he dumb. Yeah, you remember uh, you remember TJ Kingfisher, Twisted One, a dumbass hound dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what what I I would like to see another cat chapter because I feel like she threw the whole kitchen sink of cat stereotypes at Genghis, and if she's as good as she is so far in writing this book, I feel like her cat her cat chapters should be pretty good. Well, you know they're all yeah. going to meet out in the wild. I mean, and that's how it's going to happen. They're gonna all, you don't think kind of situation. they're going to throw away chapter? They're going to form. Uh, they're going to form a coterie. You know. I don't know. There's no sense in bringing up these characters if you don't do anything with them aside from like have yeah. them show up. But and see, die. I kind of feel like it's a, a World War Z telling kind of like just these little anecdotes along the way of what's going on in the world. Vin- vignettes. Yeah. I mean, it could be. It could be. I don't know though. Um, there is the foreknowledge that we have more than one book in this series, oh. so it wouldn't surprise me. Um, by the way, I hey, forgot about that. Yeah, hey, book news. This the the intellectual property was purchased for animated TV uh, adaptations back in 2019 from AMC, which I think is an awful choice of person to purchase it from or a company to purchase it. But it still maybe will be. Hey, fun. man. Purchased by AMC. What they purchase? What they purchase? This the rights to this book. Yeah, to make oh, it an animated book? series. Oh, It'd be okay. their first animated series. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure if you're an author and AMC is like, we want to buy this and make it an animated series, you're like, 
Yes. And then I'm like, no, God, no. It's got to be somewhere where you can freely swear. How are you going to do this? It's so awful. But whatever. You would have said the same thing about Walking Dead. Yeah, you don't think they're going to just... Well, I still would. You don't think they're just going to roll this into the Walking Dead universe? <laughs> <laughs> right. When you have a spinoff with, like, Daryl, and he finds, <laughs> he finds shit turd, he's like, hey, shit turd. He's like, all right, how'd you know my name? All right. All right, Rick sucks. All right, Coral? Coral? <laughs> well, all right. Well, I could see, uh, given this this week's reading ended, I could see us meeting up with these characters. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Uh, with the exception of the the fish or whatever, the like fairy. There's a chapter in there that I, it, it, it said what the organism was, and I went, what the fuck is that? You mean the octopus? Mm, no, I mean, I know what octopi are. Octopodes. There were... There was a, um, it was one of the chapters like the Genghis Cat chapter where it's just like one oh, chapter yeah, really, from a different really short one. The really short one that was mostly nonsense and was like something fairy, something. I don't have my book. My book's yeah. over there. So I, <clears throat> I kind of, my, 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 my quick perspective on that was, or my quick hot take on that was maybe it would be the, uh, whatever the ocean version of the aura was. Maybe it would just contribute to that. I I thought it was a hummingbird, but the, but after I read the octopus chapters, I decided it was probably a, a fish of some kind. I'm gonna go get my book and find it. Yeah. <clears throat> so the aura, if you guys remember, but I'll go ahead and say it since we haven't said it yet. Um, there's like a news network in the animal kingdom where they communicate, like the plants and animals. They uh, communicate in the wind or through their bird songs and things, and they pass it around, and they call it the aura. So it's basically like internet for the natural world. Yeah. But we found out at the end of our reading that there's like an ocean aura as well, ocean-based aura. Do you remember what that's called? Did they give it a name? I don't remember. Uh, Yes, it's called Echo. Echo. Uh, Echo, uh, We're talking about Chapter 7 from beyond San Bondo National Park, just north of Hanbit Nuclear Power Plant, South Korea, as dictated by a young fairy Pitta. And it does reference the echo there. So you Googling young fairy Pitta for me? Yeah, fairy Pitta. Oh, it's a bird. Yeah. So okay. this chapter was so weird that I totally blanked it out. Yeah, it was really strange. <clears throat> It was strange and weird. Yeah, but you'll have that in a Kira Jane Buxton joint, yeah. you know. <laughs> Chapter five is back with Shit Turd. Uh, he's still at home. Uh, it looks like this is the one where he spends time spends time trying to make Dennis happy. Um, Dennis's big Jim's dog. So he's like giving him treats, trying to keep him happy. And then uh, they find Jim's phone and he's trying to call 911, but the phone beeps and big Jim freaks out, runs upstairs, tries to. Uh, I, I'm I have a theory based on this chapter, but 
they lock Big Jim in the laundry room, but they can't actually lock the door. So Shit Turd thinks, well, it's time for us to leave. We can't be safe from our own guy. So uh, Dennis and Big and, and, and Shit Turd, they head out. I'm interested to hear you, because it, it seems like... Um... I think what what weirds me out about the rules of this zombie world are that shit turd spent like more than a month throwing medicine at Jim's face and never once got snapped at, bitten, or anything. The two times where shit turd uses the phrase, all hell broke loose, it's because of some like mechanical beeping sound. So one of them is at Walgreens when he accidentally scans something and it beeps. Um, and then the other one is, is here with the cell phone. When he turns the cell phone on, it makes like a, a ding, a dingling sound. Um, and then both of those things make the, make the Zombos freak out, except they don't like my expectation was that they would be like just attacking whatever the mechanical things were that were making the sounds. But it seems like they are basically like, activated by i almost said turned on by they're activated by the mechanical sounds and then they go into like berserker kill mode and try and eat shit turds i'm sorry shit turd the bird so i think like their desire is to okay it's kind of like this you want to eat a dog right and you don't know where any are, so you just kind of sit down and wait for one. And you hear barking. <coughs> you're like, oh, that's a dog. I'm going to get up and go after it. But if you're sitting there and you hear like a bird singing, you're not going to give a shit because it's not what you're looking for, right? You're looking for a dog and you know what a sound a dog makes. Right. So I think they I think they have a desire to eat human flesh. So they don't typically give a shit about the bird or like a, just a dog or whatever. But whenever a sound is made that their brain associates as being a human-produced human. sound, uh, okay, whether it be the voice of a human or something that they instinct, you know, that they know because they've been a human, a sound that a human would cause, then they freak out and go after. Right. But that's only a, the speculation based on two occurrences. And then when they get there, they see cool. whatever it is, they they'll fucking ham out on it. Yeah, but, I think we'll find out a lot more about that, obviously. But okay. It is. It seems like strange rules. I've got, I've got my theory. It has to do with electronics. Okay, so uh, Big Jim is acting real weird. He walks. He just goes down into his basement after his eyeball falls out. And the way that Shit Turd describes it is that he's standing there facing the wall, like just reaching out and swiping his finger along it. Okay. Right. And he does it to the point that his finger, like, is down to the bone, and there's blood on the wall. And he's doing it for so long that I think he's down to an arm stump. Like, his whole hand is rubbed. Okay. And then he freaks out when his phone goes off. Like, oh, hey, my phone. I think that there's some kind of, like, technological issue thing going on that like zapped everybody's brains or something i he's he's so addicted to his phone he just can't stop swiping yeah and you know what he's not the only one that that was mentioned about right poking at the wall yeah you might be onto something there um and then it's like he hears his phone 
beep and he wants to go after it. And it could, yeah, it could just be, that just could be like a subtle thing that the author is saying that people are zombies about their phones, kind of in the same way that Shaun of the Dead talks about people being zombies just in their everyday life already. Yeah. They're traveling, uh, Shit Turd and Dennis. Uh, they run into what? The other. Cr- oh, they run into a bear yep. at the university. College library. College library. A grizzly bear's taken up residence. And then uh, some of the college birds, a, a, one, of, one of Ken's people, the college birds, uh, they chase off the bear and they give Shit Turd directions. To Onida, the one searched for. So, like some prophet, some like uh, palm reader, char- mysterious character that we don't know anything about yet. Just bears will fuck you up. I was very confused the way that it was written because I was like, um, Shit Turd had, I thought, had like flown up to the top of, the, of a building and then it talked about like the doors opening at the top of some stairs. And then a bear comes out, and I was like, is this fucking bear on top of the roof? What the hell is happening? But that is apparently not what happened. It came out at the ground level right. and then tried to kill a dog. Yep. Asshole. Yep. So I think we've already passed a moment where <clears throat> she's talked about penguins, right? But we haven't brought it up yet. <laughs> It's another one where she just got to hate penguins in real life, right? I think she called them like tuxedo-wearing bastards at some point. Yeah. Uh, it just continually talks about them being like something. useless fucks and shit like yeah. that. I love the idea that there's just like smug superiority in the uh, in the bird world. Oh, and it's, and it's definitely crows that are the smug ones. Right, and they're even smug amongst themselves. Like you're not a proper crow. Yeah, you're half human. Right. I like this whole like little societies that they have, like all the crows that live on the university and think they're smug and smart. And, um, like, oh, your wings it's, are clipped. He's like, no, my wings aren't clipped, but actually they are. Uh, or th- not like physically, but like, I guess maybe mentally. Metaphoric. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get through chapter seven real quick then. I don't remember this one. It's uh, a national park in South Korea. Uh, there's just some weird animals talking away from like some disaster. You think they're running away from like? A... Yeah, there's like an animal stampede that they're running away from, and there's there's a basically nonverbal like it seems like a much dumber bird yeah. is the one doing the narrating. Okay. Because they talked about <laughs> eggs cracking. They said, before the eggs crack, before the waves swell with anger, before the orange hot licks up the land. Like, there's going to be a volcano eruption or a nuclear plant meltdown or something. Chapter 8. Let's see. We're on the road. So, Dennis and ST are going down I-5. ST keeps flying up and looking over the road to see if it's going the right way. Keep seeing some. Uh, so anyway, they they trek on, trek on, and then they they come upon a aquarium, and somebody's the aquarium, and and shit turd calls out hello, and somebody answers him, and that's how the chapter ends. 
Yeah, uh, there's a there's a good part in here about uh, the donuts and about how Big Jim used to not splurge on donuts, so he's holding out on uh, on ST from getting the good stuff. Yeah, motherfucker was buying them gas station donuts. Yeah. Uh, have any of you guys? I I very rarely have this experience because I don't travel that often, but um, like. Uh, a lot of times you get it a lot with like New York locations, like, like big city locations where authors will like have a, a real world setting. And I think it hits differently if you are a person who has been to that place or who knows that place. Well, uh, I had it because I have been to this Seattle aquarium. That's like off of, off of Pike's place. Um, so it was, it was kind of a, a fun fun interesting little job where i'm like i know that rock pool where the starfish are like i've been there i put my hands in that pool <laughs> not that that was like that i have fingered a starfish, I <laughs> a starfish. Um, it is cool it, it, it gives you oh. a cool a cool it visual that you didn't you may not have like had otherwise have, have you guys been to any of the locations in this book so far in i've been life? to seattle nope i haven't been out there I've been to Seattle. Needle, I've not been the to Needle Nose Park. Needle Nose Park. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I've not been to Seattle or Korea. Oh, <laughs> missed out on Korea. Which one should I go to? What do you think? North, South? Korea. North. Just, just like all of Korea? The Korea. East Korea. The true Korea. Oh, yeah. East Korea. Okay, all right, this is the last chapter. This is chapter nine. Uh, ST, he has a little, uh, he has a little discussion with a, a surprising character. Uh, Onita turns out to be an octopus who lives in the aquarium. And, it, <laughs> and so, uh, basically, ST is given the task of, like, you, you, like, walk between worlds of humans and animals. You need to go help take care of all the domesticated animals who are now going to be wild animals. Uh, so I think this gives us, like, our hero quest. Like, we've just received our our journey uh, mandate. Oneida is Obi-Wan. Yes. He's going um, to go back to the ocean and die. That's what he's going to do. I I appreciated the addition Have babies of babies and die. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, babies that survive to this story because <laughs> I. If you had if you had grabbed me at chapter eight and been like, "All right, Blake, you're reading a book that is the main character is a foul mouthed crow. There's like several sentient dogs, um, going on a journey, zombie." apocalypse is there any way that this book could be more up your alley i would have been like it's not possible <laughs> and you, right and they throw a fucking octopus up in there and i'm like yes you you did it kira good job and like what else is going to be in here i mean you told us what this book was about roughly so i expected zombies i expected crows i didn't even think about dogs I didn't yeah. think about cats. I didn't think about octopodes. You know, <laughs> right. I didn't think about any, any of this. What's next? Yeah. I'm excited. I didn't yeah. think about little, little three birdies. quarters of the book re- left to go. Yeah. What a fucking yeah. thrill ride. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I got to be honest, guys, I uh, I can't recommend an audiobook more highly than this one. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty good, dude. It is. If you just want to sit, I I I don't. I you know I've read half of this reading was physical, and the first half was audio, just because I was driving to uh, you know to Louisville. Um, and I'll tell you what, it's fucking hilarious. I mean, it's good. so funny to listen to. Um, and you're gonna hear it, and you're gonna go ah. It's so close to being John Mulaney. I just really wish it was. <laughs> so <sighs> that's it. That's that's the book so far. That's all she wrote. Yeah, that's all she wrote. Well, she wrote the whole book. Yeah, and a couple more. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. So, Blake, yeah. did you? This is these are the books you're going to be recommending for the next year. Uh, I don't know. I I got to be honest with you guys. I'm looking forward to reading one book in this style. Oh. At the moment, my sense is a trilogy would be damn near insufferable. Oh, so it's we'll see. there's supposed to be three? I think there are three. There are two so far. According oh, to Goodreads. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I haven't looked that close. Apparently that. they're her only books so far. She just goes, went straight into the Crow books. And guess what? She lives in Seattle. What a surprise. What a surprise. She has three cats, a dog, two crows, a charm of hummingbirds, five stellar jays, two dark-eyed juncos, two squirrels, and a husband. She's a that's, weirdo. That's too many birds. She's weird. I knew I it. Like, that's why she's qualified to write this. <laughs> I like birds, but that's too many birds. <laughs> yeah, so I also see feral creatures. Um, I'm not sure she has another yet, but when I bring up her name, guess uh, guess who the other author is that I see right alongside her? T. Kingfisher. T. Kingfisher. All right. What moves the dead. Well, that that doesn't bode well. We pick <laughs> them right, dudes. We pick, <laughs> we pick them right. And that's going to do it for Season 2, Episode 1 of Shelf Importance. Next episode, we conclude Hollow Kingdom, and we fucking talk about a lot of other shit. So, don't drink while you edit your podcast, or your ending will sound like this.